Ladies and gentlemen, sit back, relax, and buckle your seatbelts. It's time for your weekly ride along with the Bikes on Bikes. This is Drive By. Welcome. I am Mike J. He is Mike Guess. We are the Mikes on Mikes. This is the Drive-By Wrestling Podcast. Mike, world's burning down. Uh, I have a good source later for everyone to get some more information on this. And, I mean, we had an in-your-house pay-per-view. Like, first one in, what, 20 years? Something like that. Maybe longer. <laughs> Maybe longer. It was a 25 anniversary. I'm not sure what the count was there. <laughs> so i guess we'll just jump right into that man uh right off the bat nxt in your house last weekend fantastic show from the drive-by pick'em we had a two-way tie uh with 34 out of 36 possible points including the bonus questions a two-way tie between our very own high five and motherfucker himself mr aj spurgeon and a user that went by the name of Matthew S. I don't know if that's a play on us using our initials or not, but if so, Matthew kudos. If not, if I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion I know who it is. I just haven't had a chance to ask him yet, but um, I'm not sure. It's a friend of If it's who I think it is, it's a friend of mine who follows wrestling, listens to the you know, the Conrad podcast, but doesn't watch wrestling right now. So, if it's him, he did a hell of a job. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Holy shit, if you don't actually watch wrestling, way to go. I've talked to him like three times this week, and I haven't thought to bring it up. So, it'll be interesting if I remember the next time to say, Hey man, was that you? Hey, did you do our pick Are you Matthew S? <laughs> but, anyway man, uh... Man, in your house, overall, I flippin' loved it. I hope this is something they continue to use. I loved the set. It was a set-piece set, Mike. We haven't had one of those in forever, and it blows my mind that it took in your house to do that. You know what I mean? Uh, in your house. It's hilarious. <laughs> I really liked the set, and I liked how it was used. I thought it was interesting how they did things with it, and people would enter from the house. And I mean, and you knew, like, clearly they have to use it that way, right? Yeah, I mean, you don't build it and not use it. <laughs> and if you build it, they will come, man. But, like, these matches overall, I can't, we can just quickly, quickly go over some of the results and matches. I, I mean... The, the, the six-woman tag right off the bat, man. Mia Yim, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, first Candice LeRae, Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez. Fan-fucking-tastic, right? Yeah, it was a pretty good match. I don't normally like matches with this many human beings. Right. Them, but it was a pretty good match. It worked really well. You kind of... You had said last week it's like the... I think you meant upper mid-carters. You said lower mid-carters, but maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe you meant lower mid-carters. Uh, you said it's a chance to get them, you know, on the screen and give them something important to do and let them shine. And we even have, as I stated, you know, we got Shotzi, we got Raquel. 
both new to the NXT scene. And man, I think every I think every woman in this match shined really, really bright. Um, I thought everybody had a good chance to get their spots in. It yep. Was, and it made sense. It wasn't forced. Yeah, and it was also um, it was what you want from an opening match. It was uh, exciting and kept a nice pace to it. Uh, kept you invested in it. So I I don't really have anything negative to say about the match. Um, yeah, it was. I just enjoyed the whole thing. Yep. Uh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Uh, Balor gets the win, but Damian Priest even on NXT comes out and says, you know. He didn't lose anything by losing. Balor proved he was who he was. I'm going to say this, man. I've been interested in Damian Priest. I've liked his work. I I just, there was something missing for him, from him, for me, personally. And I'm going to probably sound like a stupid mark by saying this, but I'm sorry, man. It was his gear. His gear at TakeOver in Your House was spot on, and it completely changed the package for me. Um... Really? I kind of... I don't know, man. I was a fan of Punishment Martinez and Ring of Honor, right? So, uh... There was something super... I have... His look always kind of fit that character. Um, I get what you're talking about, though. I don't know how I felt about the pants. They looked like Power Rangers. I loved them because they looked... Here's the thing. Yeah. They looked like a high-budget pro wrestling outfit rather than a low-budget indie outfit that I think... I didn't know it at the time, but I think that was what was not doing it for me. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And I know... Because you hate things that are WWE. No, that's not true. Uh-huh. But <laughs> I I do tend to lean more positively toward those things, and that's fair. But I don't know. Like, it just brought it all together. I, I'm not saying... I don't know if it was the white... You know the, the you know the coloring. I don't know if it was the material, whatever it was. I don't know. I really enjoyed him more in this match. I bought I bought him more. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. He. Uh, I. I really liked the. Um, I liked almost like the not the hands. I, I get what you're saying. He looked like overall like a, just a better presentation for what you prefer. Yep. Uh, Keith Lee. Uh, retained the uh, North American Championship over Johnny Gargano. This was a classic Gargano match, and that's no... I'm not that I'm not giving credit to Keith Lee, but this was one of those matches that you start out slow, you pace it out, you do a few things, and then about mid-match, it just starts to go off the rails in the best way possible. Yet not my match of the night, Mike. We'll get to that here in a second. Well, what did you think? Do you enjoy this one? Shit. Uh, this was the match of the night to me. This match. Yeah? Was, this match was everything I looked for in a wrestling match. It was was this another Johnny Five Star performance? Yeah, I don't know if it was... I hate to say Five Star performance, you know what I mean? <laughs> Come on, Dave. Um, But it was, yeah, it was another, like, Gargano just proving he's... I don't want to say, like, the best in the world, but, like, there's a real argument to be made that he's the best in the yeah. world. Yeah. Um, 
it was another match where he proved that size doesn't matter and that you could go out there and just kick ass regardless, man. Cruiserweight's nothing but, like, weight ain't nothing but a number, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, we had the backlot brawl for the NXT Championship. This was different. It was pre-taped. My one criticism, and I... This is a stupid criticism, but it's something that I could see anyone who wanted to be super smarky, anyone who wanted to be a straight-up NXT hater, AEW fanboy, which I don't understand why that exists, Mike. Um, I've even tried to embrace it. You know that. But whatever. Uh, I didn't like the fact that this was going on. I'm looking outside my window, and it's, like, sunny, and it's at nighttime. I know it's pre-taped. It's just the point, Mike. (laughs) nitpicky <laughs> it's very nitpicky and it didn't take me out of it and i understood like it's gonna be dark it's a backlot bro you need the headlights i get it um but man it was fun it wasn't it wasn't my favorite nxt match by any stretch of the imagination it wasn't my favorite cinematic thing that they've done in this company as a whole but man it was enjoyable i liked it and I really enjoyed, I really enjoyed the part that Dexter Loomis played, and I really enjoyed the online stuff afterwards, with Maria Shafira and you know Adam Cole saying they're back, but they're very dehydrated. Details later tonight. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really good too. Um, Dexter Loomis, dude, got a chance to be something special, man. He really does, doesn't he? It was. I, I don't know if you recall a few weeks back, I said he's something. I'm not sure what it is, but it's definitely something, and I think I kind of like it. Yeah. Well, I like it, man. I like it. They're doing the right stuff with the character. That's the key here to it, is that it's not just, like, bullshit. Yeah. No, bullshit. 100%. Then we get a surprising... And I don't want to call it a squash, but it was like a a a non-jobber squash. Maybe that's a new term we need to come up with. Carrying uh, Cross destroys Tomasa Champa, and we here at the Drive By Podcast love Tomasa Champa, right? Yeah, he's like my favorite wrestler in the world. But this was perfect, was it not? Man, this was a really good match. It was a good way to set I up. I mean, uh, it was a good way to set up Cross to look like a killer, man. Like, no, it undoubtedly is, and we'll get into a little bit more, a little bit more on that man here late, a little bit later in the show. And then my match of the night, the main event, Io Shirai, is the new NXT Women's Champion, right. defeating Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley in a triple threat match that I just thought was fantastic. Um, real fast before we get into that, I, uh, mm-hmm. I meant to say regarding, um, the Adam Cole dream match, um, with the cinematic presentation and everything, how they have been doing things, um, I liked this one because it was like more along the lines of an actual wrestling match. Like, yes. it was cinematic, but they still, um, it wasn't, 
the over-the-top madness of the, the WrestleMania lives that we had. It wasn't comedy like uh, Money in the Bank. It was. Mm-hmm. It felt. It was more like a Lucha Underground match, I guess. I think that's a pretty spot-on comparison, right there. Where it was pretty clear, it was like a. It was a wrestling match, pretty clearly, but it. Um. I mean, it was a wrestling match, but it had. It had the cinematic flair to it, so. I really enjoyed that. Also, I really want to apologize to everyone for how I'm stumbling over my words today. Um, I worked very late into the morning, <laughs> and my brain is not really like working great right now. So, um, <laughs> I'm sorry for not being able to think of words. You, you don't have to apologize. It's uh, <laughs> it's pretty spot on. Um, I understand the feeling, man. I totally do. Uh, but yeah, so so the main event, Io Shirai, your new NXT Women's Champion, man. I enjoyed the hell out of this match. Uh, I'd give it a five star. Match of the night for me. Everyone looked good. No one looked weak. You set up the future for the fuse. You set up that division and still allowed Charlotte to look like the champion that she is and do what she did, or try to do, or what they try to do with her, and she can go back to Raw, or whatever they need to do with her, man. I just, it all worked. It all worked for me. Yeah, that's pretty fair. It all worked for me. Like, it was just a very good match. I don't think, like, we've talked these women up more than enough on this show, so I don't feel like we need to say anything more about what they can do in the ring, but holy shit, this match... This match drew me in and had me hooked. Yeah, yeah. To, uh, I mean, there, there's nothing else to really be said about it. it just, they did what they needed to do. They all performed spectacularly. There were a couple scary moments, but man, look, when you're going for it, you're going for it. Shit happens. It ain't ballet. Nothing was... Nothing was out of neglect or bad intent. So, I mean, hey, shit happens. Everyone seems to be fine and moving forward. So let's just move forward. This is a well-deserved win for uh, Io Shirai. Uh, a long time coming, most people would think and agree. And, I mean, I can't agree more. I don't know, man. It, just, I, it did it all for me, man. It did it all. Yeah, I think that's really all you can say about it, man. It really kind of handled it all. It gave you, it gave you, and everybody looked strong, no one came out looking weak, it just gave you everything that you want from a wrestling match, man, and I don't really care if you like these women or not, at the end of the day, like, that's really all you can ask for, huh? Like, yeah, it you know, really it, is. It gave me everything I could want in a wrestling match, but sure, sure someone will complain about it. Well, and as I've said, man, like, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give a match a good, I don't even want to say rating, because it's not that we like to do that, even though we kind of joke and we do kind of say, oh, what'd you think of this? Like, I'm gonna ask you a letter grade after this, so maybe I'm full of shit. But, man, wrestling is supposed to be fun and entertaining, and if it's fun and I'm entertained, man, it's a good match. You know what I mean? Yep. 100% and... know what you mean. 
every match on this card did that, and especially especially this one, and especially uh, Gargano and Lee. So, props to them. Mike, what's your grade on this, man? Um, man, you know what's crazy is, like, to me, I was like, the crazy part for me when we watch these takeovers, and then we review them here, is um, we always have this... Was this the best ever takeover conversation? <laughs> like every takeover, we're like, is this the best ever? I saw people that were like, worst takeover ever. Well, those people were stupid. And it's like, are really, man? Like, the worst one ever? That's, uh, I mean, did you see the first one? Um, and no, I think the first <laughs> one's bad. You know what I mean? But like, go back and watch the first one and then watch the, this, this most recent In Your House one again. Like, it's completely fucking head and shoulders above it. So, um, I, was it the best one? Uh, I don't know, maybe. Did I enjoy it? Hell yeah, man. A. Dude, it was an A all the way. I don't even... I think the argument would be completely different if there was a crowd, man. If this... It would have went match for match, blow for blow, exactly the way it did, and there was a live NXE audience in that arena, even a full sale audience, man. This thing would have been insane. So I mean, you gotta you gotta take it for what it is in the time period that is happening, and it was fantastic. They did fantastic work. Mike, we're gonna take a real quick break and we're gonna come right back. And we're gonna do it, man. It's time once again for for the unburial of a former favorite segment. Hang tight. <laughs> 60% of the time, it works every time. How's the fucking prison on planet bullshit in the galaxy of this sucked camel dick? Never go for retard. It's time, Mike, for... Are you ready? Here yeah, we go. Let's try. Who, Who says, says something, something dumb? Dumb. Dumb. <laughs> Our special effects on this show are totally on point. Okay, who if says something dumb, Mike? If you judged our special effects the way you judge Ring of Honors, you wouldn't, <laughs> even, you wouldn't even listen to this show. I'd stop recording my own damn show. Okay, here we go. Stan Twitter. That's literally who started this. Are you ready Stan, for this? Stan Twitter? Stan Twitter. What a fucking great handle, bud. Congratulations to you, Stan Twitter. <laughs> No more Charlotte Flair title reigns. Three, as of this recording, 3,244 3, people have signed. They're trying to get to 5,000. So as of this recording, there's 3,244 3, morons out in this world right now. I know there's way more, but we'll say more on wrestling fans. Uh, again, this is what it says. Again, has- I know there's way more. <laughs> this is what it says. Society has progressed past the need for another Charlotte reign. We are tired of Charlotte's reigns, the four horsemen women in general, but we're starting with Charlotte first. Like, I know Charlotte's your girl, and I am also a huge fan of Charlotte Flair. Uh, I have other favorites, but I love what Charlotte does, and I am up for the argument that she is the best I'm not just going to say female, but quite possibly best pro wrestler in the world today. Fight me on it. I'll prove you why 
at least prove you, give you, give you reasons to make you think if you don't agree with me, right? So, Mike, I know how you feel about Charlotte. I'm going to let you take a little bit of center stage with this one and go. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Just, if you're new to this show, when, when, when Mike S. starts with okay, just buckle your seatbelts, kids. I don't even know if it'll be like that today, because, like, I'm so fucking mentally exhausted from this week of work, but, alright. Um, why are we upset that Charlotte is, okay, let, let me ask you this, right? Um, so you're an Alexa Bliss fan. Yes. I'm just using her as a for instance, because it was the first name that popped into my head, right? Mm-hmm. I think we can both agree that Alexa Bliss is not the in-ring performer that Charlotte is, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, are you pissed that Alexa Bliss is not the champion instead of Charlotte? Am I pissed? No. No. It's, it's a because, show. Because it's a show, and because Charlotte is clearly fucking better, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, like this is the yeah. deal. This is the deal, right? She is, and here's the thing, and, and you can say, well, she's only there... Cause she's a flare. Okay, first of all, first of all, if that shit, if that shit fucking held water, David goddamn Flair would have been a fucking WCW champion, alright? If that shit fucking held water, um, let's see. If that shit held water, um, uh, Curtis Axel would have a fucking job right now. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, like if that I shit totally held, know if that mean. shit held water, why the fuck isn't Natalia a fucking thirteen-time champion, right? If that shit held water, why the fuck is Brian Pillman Jr. Uh, a low-end player on AEW once every fucking month and a half? Like mm-hmm. that shit holds no water. She's only there. No, I'll tell you why she's there. I'll tell you why she's there is because she does a corkscrew planche off the fucking top rope to someone on the outside. I'll tell you why she's there is because you could put her in a fucking ring. Like here's the other deal, man. Here's the other deal. You know she is just okay. And I'm not gonna say. Yeah, fuck it, man. We're not politically correct. Look straight up, man. Men can physically do things women can't do, right? Straight up. Uh, in in the most this, general sense of the statement, yes. yes. This this idea that we're all like physically equal and equal, it, it's bullshit. All right, we're all equal as human beings. We are all equal, every single one of us. But physically, no, man, I'm not gonna sit here and be like, no, I'm just as fucking important as Michael Jordan because I'm fucking not. Right. So here's what I'm gonna mm-hmm. say. AJ Styles, yes, he's a better fucking like in ring performer, right, than Charlotte, mm-hmm. right. And I would mm-hmm. even just say like moderately better. You know what I mean? He's not even like heads and shoulders better than her. But I think we can all agree that he's the best in-ring performer in WWE right now, right? Mm-hmm. Then why the fuck is no one complaining that this dude's always got a fucking title belt around him? 
Not a fucking single goddamn soul is. Right? No one. Why? Because AJ, he put in his time and he earned it. You know what, man? That's old school, like, wrestling mentality that has no place in the modern fucking wrestling business. Earning no place it is at all. No place at all. No place at all. Because no fucking territories. You don't have to go, uh, you don't have to go fucking work the territories for ten years and then be a mid-carder for five and then you spend three glorious fucking years at the top of the game, Steve Austin, before you fucking uh, ride off into the sunset. That is not a thing that needs to happen anymore. And not a single thing. And all you fucking indie marks, I bet not a goddamn one he is out there complaining about Flip fucking Gordon getting the push of his fucking lifetime in Ring of Honor. You're not at all. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> Flip Gordon it has not been wrestling uh, like near as long as some of these fucking people, right? So it's like, here's the thing, man. You want to bitch about like AEW can't build a fucking homegrown star. People complain about it. WWE does nothing but build fucking homegrown stars and you fucking piss and moan and you fucking piss and moan and you fucking piss and moan and you fucking piss and moan. We are literally witnessing the greatest female wrestler of all fucking time. Of all fucking time. You are witnessing fucking wrestling history being made. Every time this woman steps inside a fucking ring and all you want to do is go, eh, she wins the title too much. You know who else wins titles too much? Fucking Tom Brady. You know why? Because he's fucking great at his job because he's fucking great at his job and he can you know who else wins fucking titles steph curry lebron james people that are great at their fucking jobs you know who else wins fucking titles let me throw this one out to you you know who else wins titles mike ask me who else wins titles who else wins titles mike? kenny fucking omega always has a title belt kenny fucking <laughs> omega kenny omega since i would wager since you've heard of kenny omega has had a fucking title belt yeah, no one fucking yeah. complains about Kenny Omega winning the fucking title all the time. Like, no one gave a shit about Ric Flair winning 16 fucking titles. We only gave a fuck about it when it was John Cena, because John Cena wasn't the guy we wanted. He was shoved down our throat. Like, Ric Flair winning 16 titles wasn't shoved down your fucking throat. Straight down your fucking throat. Ric Flair been shoved down your fucking throat. For like the entire time you've watched wrestling, you've just been throating Ric Flair. Loving it. Loving it. Eating it the fuck up. Oh, give me some more HBK and Flair. Oh, give me some more Taker. Meanwhile, a female shows up who is equally on these people's level. And you're like, no, we don't like her. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> Mike, I love you. Turns out I did have it in me. <laughs> Turns out you did. We're going to take a quick break, guys. And actually, right now, uh, we don't do, you know, we do this for free. We make no money at this podcast. Uh, it's not this like actually about, costs, it's for, it's like This like actually costs us money. It, it does. It, and it's two friends, you know, talking about pro wrestling and basically recording it for all you guys to enjoy. And we hope that you do. We know that there's a lot of you that really enjoy it. And that's that's fun. And, and we know and that there's like a, few, a few of you that just kind of enjoy it, and that's cool too. <laughs> Casually enjoy it at your leisure. Uh, but here's the thing, man. I I've I found a new show. Uh, if you know me personally, Mike does. Um, I like conspiracy. I like paranormal. I like stuff like that. I'm gonna we're gonna throw to a little ad slash trailer for. The podcast uh, is by my friend Daniel. He is actually from Germany. And the name of the podcast is What Is Das? 
Um, but he speaks English, so you can totally go listen to it and hear it. Uh, just check out the trailer, man. What's the name of it? I'm gonna go f- say it one more time. I'm gonna go follow it. It's was is was is dos, and it's spelled W A S space I S T space D A S. The logo is a creepy lampshade uh, with like spider webs on it. You'll know it as soon as you see it. You'll be like, "Yep, that's it." W A S space I S space space I S T I S T space D A S D A S. What is dos? What what is dos? What is Doss? Yes. <laughs> He's brand new at this and doing a hell of a job having big name guests. He will uh, let you know all this in the trailer, guys. Just uh, go give him a follow on Twitter. Go give him a listen on any device that, or any pod device that you listen to. Also, most of his shows are streamed live on YouTube, uh, usually around noon in America. So. If you're bored at work and you need something interesting and creepy to listen to, check it out. And after this word, we will be right back. Hi, this is Daniel. I'm the host of the WID podcast. Well, is it a podcast, though? It kind of started as one, but it became this paranormal late night talk radio live show podcast if that makes any sense at all are you interested in the ghosts cryptozoology ufos aliens government conspiracies well i am and i'm here to talk about it i already had pretty amazing guests like the very controversial david ike smqai like Lyle Blackburn, Preston Dennett, Tom Carey, key investigator of the Roswell UFO crash, Freeman Fly, ex-FBI agent and the real Fox Mulder, John DeSouza, Eric Van Daniken, and many others. There's also an open lines show every weekend. I try to do this classic old-school radio style, you know, like the good old days, like Art Bell. And I actually have been featured as a guest on Clyde Lewis's Ground Zero, primetime American talk radio. Did you know that a few weeks ago there was a UFO crash in Brazil in a town called Magé? No? Just look for the WID podcast, Was ist das podcast, on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on YouTube, and in all the socials out there. Wanna take a ride? See you on the other side. And it's all about the things that go bump in the night. I'm Clyde Lewis, and this is Was ist das? You are listening to Daniel Grosser.
segments down for the ratings i know we had said before like we kind of got away from the ratings maybe we need to talk about it a little more ratings have been interesting all around through this through this pandemic era are we gonna call it that mike dude i can't find this is this gonna be the pandemic era anywhere man (laughs) w-a-s w-a-s Space I-S-T, space V-A-S. There we go. There we go. Oh, I got you. All right. Is this the pandemic era? Yes, sure. (laughs) I I mean, we might have to know it by that. It sounds like crowds might be coming back uh, soon. If you listen to... If you listen to the buzz and you listen to responses from guys like Triple H and Cody, uh, but man, we don't know what that's even going to look like. So we're just going to call this the pandemic era, at least here at the uh, Nearfall Network on Drive-By. But, so Steven started this thread. I'm going to read it, and I think you and I can just kind of discuss the parts from AEW and NXT. I know NXT was a good show. How was AEW, Mike? AEW was again a very good show that um didn't super get me invested in anything. All right. Actually, weird list. The weird thing is, I'm super invested into the into what the revival were doing or FTR. So good. That going. Good. Well, I'm sure we'll touch on that here in a minute. Um, touch on it like this was one boys. of the. <laughs> this is <laughs> this is one of the best NXT episodes on the you know the USA era in a while um it just had really big moments which we're going to touch on but i it and that's the difference because i do agree with you mike man aew is a really good wrestling show that just doesn't have anything that hooks me in the stories don't hook me uh the few characters that i like are great but the other ones don't hook me i don't know but here, here here's where it goes down uh Eight, I, uh, I thought I had the total viewership here, and I don't. Give me a second, and I will look it up, unless you have it handy. No. 
because it was close. It was very close. Here we go. Uh, NXT, 673,000. AEW, 677,000. So both dropped, but, you know, closing the gap, I guess. I don't know if it's good to say that when they're dropping, but it is what it is. So we're going to go through some of these uh, highlights that Steven kind of posted here. Um, women's tag, Baker, Allen, slash Tony Hawk, and Best Friends. Those quarters for AEW lost 78000 between the two of them. So, of those four uh, segments, I guess, Mike, is there anything that stands out? Women's Tag, uh, Britt Baker, Darby Allen and Tony Hawk, and Best Friends. Darby Allen and Tony Hawk had a segment on AEW? It's in the notes. I didn't watch it. You did. How the fuck did I miss that? Because <laughs> it didn't hook you. I must have fallen asleep. I must have fallen asleep. That's all I can come up with. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, what hooked me? Um, I, I, I'll be real, man. I didn't watch the women's match. <laughs> I, oh. I never do. Um, That's kind of a going thing, right? Britt Baker is always enjoyable. Always. Um, Britt Baker is one of the few like characters and ongoing storylines that has me invested. Um, uh, the Best Friends, that was a nice little segment, but again, that was probably because I got to see Orange Cassidy wrestle. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just, dude, I just, something about the best friends that I find off-putting. And I don't know what uh, it is, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that, man, I cannot fuck with a pro wrestler that does not look like a pro wrestler. And, <laughs> and Chuck Taylor. <laughs> with yeah, his no, I'm with you. Fucking dad bod, man. The dude has no, like, athletic muscle tone to him at all. It's like, it reminds me of, like, he, like, swear to God, has the body of, like, my mom's best friend's husband. This is no shit, man. Like, this dude, <laughs> he, like, he's so just, and I, I and it's like, I, it, I guess it's like how, like, production for you, I guess takes you out of it. Um, uh-huh. Part of the reason I fucking got into pro wrestling was because it was live-action superheroes, right? Yeah, because all the hot men in underwear, right? And, well, it's not even like that, you, that, man. It's like, fucking Vader wasn't in shape, right? Like, But he looked yeah, like a no, fucking pro wrestler. Uh, earthquake, he looked like a supervillain. Earthquake. Yes, man. The motherfucker Earthquake was a supervillain. Exactly. Yes. And Yes. And, and, and so, like, I'm not saying you have to have this specific athletic body type, you know what I mean? But, like... But you can't look like my neighbor. But you can't look like my neighbor who, like, I like after we get done mowing the grass, he's like, Hey, man, you want, you want a beer from my uh, fucking garage refrigerator? And then we both talk right. about how we sh- should probably do some push-ups and sit-ups 
But ah, fuck it, the wife don't care. She ain't going nowhere, you know what I mean? Like, that dude, I don't want to watch wrestle. Yeah. No, I'm 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 100% behind everything you just said. Uh, <laughs> so, Steven goes on to say, with NXT, their biggest loss was actually quarter two. Gargano and Candice uh, versus Lee and Yim, they did a mixed tag, Mike, uh, which has typically done very well. They lost 74,000 with that match in that quarter. Uh, wow. Quarter three. That's weird, because you'd think that would be a high match. You would think, but I... I, you know what, though? Even me, a hardcore, I know you, you are too, but me, a hardcore, diehard NXT fan, when they, when it came out, I was like, ah, again? Cause they kinda did it last week, even though it wasn't really, like, it wasn't an actual match. Like, right. Lee and Gargano didn't really have much involvement, but whatever. I mean, it was a great, and it was a great mixed tag match. Uh, quarter three posted another big loss, uh, 68,000. However, Balor versus Grimes pulled ahead of AEW and viewers opposite of Chris Jericho. Jericho gained 19k, Balor gained 37k. So, um, I guess Balor's more over than Jericho? <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's see here. Uh, FTR helped kick off AEW Hot. NXT generally has had an early quarterly lead lately. FTR in action did 760k to 558k from the first quarter of NXT. So FTR actually helped to edge out the viewership for AEW at the very beginning. That should have. They're an excellent team. So you said you're really into what they're doing. Go ahead if you want to expand on that right now. Nothing, man. I just like this... Um, thus far, the presentation of them has been as, uh, no pun intended, top guys. Um. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, it has presented them as, I like that tweener attitude of, uh, look man, we're just here to wrestle. But also, right. but also, fuck you. Um, right. Uh, so I enjoy that presentation with it. These guys have always had a believable look and a believable presence in the ring. Mm-hmm. And I think that they've never, I think it's arguable to say that in WWE, they never had a chance to develop personalities. Outside of... Outside of NXT. Yeah. Um, Because I don't think... That's been my biggest criticism of them. Because I do, like, as much as people who listen to the show probably think I hate them, I actually like them. I just don't think they ever translated to the main roster. My, My irritation comes with this idea... I think we need to do a show on this one time, Mike. This idea that everyone from NXT is just buried right off the bat. And here's the thing, man. Like, oh. they didn't translate. Like, when they when they debuted, they debuted to Crickets on the main roster. And it never changed. Um, I mean... They... Now, they were, they were riddled with injuries in their They were defense. riddled with injuries. And I'm not saying, like, there are some I... people that just don't have it, right? 
But they definitely yeah. have it. Yeah, I just think it's tag teams, man. They just were a WWE tag team. It is what it is, man. Like, I mean, look at... And there's like... And while, let me say this. Let me say this. You're right. They're a tag team. And we as, I think, the main WWE audience is conditioned not maybe to care about tag teams as much. That being said, while they have it, they don't have New Day's it. They don't have the Usos it. Right? No, huh? They don't have... No, they've got... We, we talked about, was it last week? There's a very specific... There's like different kinds of charisma. And... Yep. Their charisma is beating the shit out of people. And that doesn't always translate to these viewers. Not only that, but like we said last week, when you are in a division where you're 50-50 booked in your division and your like charisma is based upon you being a bruising tag team, like your charisma is stolen from you right away. Yep. Viking Raiders. That's why, that's why, that's why the Street yep. Profits are pop- popular right now and the Viking Raiders are like lost in the shuffle. Because yep, no, um, that's a that's spot because, on, man. Because as a tag team in WWE, really all you're there for is to see which one of you is gonna be a single star. That's all we're doing with tag teams in WWE right now, right? Oh, which one yeah, of you can talk? Ford. Which one of you? Which one <laughs> of you can talk and is better in the ring that we can eventually uh, make a singles guy? But the problem is when you bring in a tag team that wants to just be a tag team. You don't focus on that because you're not fucking looking to protect a guy in that group that's going to be your future United States yeah. champion or whatever. Yep. The fuck. Nope. I so, got you. I think I, that's the problem. Now, but what they're doing in W or in AEW, I almost said WCW. Uh, what they're doing in <laughs> AEW same thing. is it literally is is presenting them as top guys. Um, this is a company that's put an emphasis on tag team wrestling and the importance of tag team wrestling. And you've got a company where they're going to be allowed to be a bruising tag team and a punishing tag team. Um, I like that during their match this week, Arn Anderson and Tolly Blanchard were in the crowd taking notes. Mm-hmm. That, that makes them seem and feel like big deals, right? If the coaches yeah, are out, no, you're totally. taking notes on them, like, and they haven't. You man, Especially they're not even, those they're not two even out taking. Yes, and they're not even out taking notes on the young bucks, right? So, yep. Um, their presentation thus far to me has been top notch. Um, and their characters, aside from this fucking drive into the ring in a truck thing. Uh, but, you know, you can't get, can't always get what you want. But I'm just a big yeah, fan well, of how, yeah. as a tag team, they're being presented right now. They're, like, the main focus of the show, almost. It's hmm. They're a big I like deal. It. I like they're it. They're a big deal as a tag team, and I didn't think I'd ever feel like a tag team was a big deal again. I like it. I like it. So here we go. AEW lost viewers in every quarter except two. Uh, quarter five, ending of the best friend slash inner circle involving Jericho and oranges. <laughs> quarter eight, Cody dude, versus Quan. They beat that dude's ass with some oranges. Like, holy <laughs> shit. Did you see it? 
No, I haven't seen it yet. Hey, Jericho brought out like 20 pounds of blood oranges and put them in a bag and beat the shit out of Orange Cassidy with them. Jesus. Uh, how was uh, Cody versus Quan? Cody versus uh, Montez Ford, I mean Mark Quan. Um, yeah. Was the, the Montez Ford of... What's their tag team name? They're not the street prop. Private Party. The Montez private Ford of Private Party, Mark Quan. Um, Again, we got a tag team guy going against a singles champion. He ain't winning. No, um, but that wasn't the point. Uh, I will say that is somewhat of a complaint I have with AEW, is that there's not a lot of mystery to their matches, but, um, you know, there wasn't always a lot of mystery to Rey Mysterio versus Viano 4, but it was still a really good match. So... Right. Sometimes it's just about getting the name out there, you know? Like, do you remember when Nitro, there was always a fucking U.S. title match on Nitro, it felt like. And it'd be like, alright, now we got Ric Flair defending the U.S. heavyweight title against Alex Wright. (laughs) And you're like, I know Alex Wright's not winning this match, but it's probably going to be a pretty good match. Das Wonderkind had some moves, man. Dude was an underrated wrestler. <laughs> so there's things like that. So I get it, man, because they're trying to be an old-school wrestling show. This was a good match, man. Cody didn't feel the need to fucking split his head all open and shit. Well, that's good. So there was no gratuitous blood for the sake of gratuitous blood. <laughs> um, good, fun match. Jake Hager came out. Shit hit the fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do know. I do know. Uh, ended with a brawl, right? Well, duh. It's AEW. <laughs> See, I didn't even watch it, and I knew that. Uh, quarters 2, 3, 4, 6, and 7 all posted loss of viewers for AEW. Uh, let's see. Two quarters with the biggest losses for AEW this week. Quarter, f- uh, quarter 4, I think it is. Uh, best friends versus inner circle lost 52k. Quarter seven, Moxley versus Cage Brawl lost 42k. Oh yeah, that was the thing that happened too. Yeah, so you already kind of touched on the whole best friends thing. Um, Moxley Cage, anything there? Um, they fought outside in the parking lot. That's that's, <laughs> that's about it. it. That's about it. They All fought right. outside in the parking lot. Yep, they've got a match. They've got a match at the two-night fighter fest. I am... I'm not a fan of this. This two-night pay-per-view shit, man. Uh, when Wrestle Kingdom said they were doing it, I was like, Meh. Uh, I don't like this. I don't like this. When New Japan said Wrestle Kingdom was going to be two nights, I didn't like that. Because... Which, in hindsight, I think I ended up liking more. Same with WrestleMania, man. It's more, like, easy for me to digest two four-hour nights than it is two... Uh, or like six one, and a half, seven-hour yeah. one night. But here's the deal, man. This is fucking Fighter Fest. It's a free pay-per-view on TNT. It was. This is essentially Clash of the Champions. You're going to make me watch Clash of the Champions spread out over two shows over a week? They're not even night to night, man. Do you know that? It's not even a Saturday and a Sunday. It's a Saturday and a fucking Saturday. 
So you're yeah, making that, me watch that's... Fighter Fest spread out over two nights over a fucking week? Like, come on, man. Come on. I do not want to watch Clash of the fucking Champions like two nights over a week. Like, come on. So what, are we not having an AEW? Are, are we not having Dynamite in between it? Like, I don't... It doesn't make sense to me to have... This isn't even your top show. This isn't even your second. This is your worst pay-per-view. The one you give away for free. <laughs> and you're like, you're no. drunk. Like, what are we fucking doing right now with this? Like, no, man. Do you, no. do you think... Well, no, that doesn't even make sense either. I was no, say, I don't do you think. think it's just no. because of the pandemic. But I mean, there's no reason they no. couldn't do one show and stream it on their uh, uh, BT Sports for free, right? Like they have. Good. I, I I don't have an answer for you, Mike. Uh, we'll close with this uh, for viewership. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me see. Uh, okay. Sorry. Here we go. Uh, AEW won first hour. NXT won the second hour. Um, it says he, they closed the gap. Blah blah blah. Okay, Adam Cole versus Dexter Loomis did six hundred and fifty-three thousand, while Cody versus uh, Quan did six hundred and thirty-two thousand. So, it kind of rounds out the viewership. Two things I want to double back to. I want to double back to this Adam Cole Dexter Loomis, but uh, something that Stephen did not bring up is um. El Phantasmo and the Dark Order, right? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> El Phantasmo so, and the Dark Order. Uh, El Phantasmo is the new uh, NXT Cruiserweight Champion. And he goes out to kind of address the crowd uh, however you want to, you know, take it. And, and Drake Maverick comes out to to congratulate him and to basically tell him look I'm I'm you know I'm going to uh, I think I could have beat you if all this wasn't going on but you're a great fighter, a great champion, you know, that kind of thing. So two masked men come out. Um they look as though they're going to you know team up and confront him and then El Fantasmo turns around behind Drake and attacks him. And then he unmasks himself and says that he is Santos Escobar. And the other two gentlemen unmask herself and it's, uh, oh my god, I just lost who they are. DJZ, is that the guy? The what? The two people that got kidnapped. Uh, Mendoza. Mendoza yep. and DJZ. Okay, so we got another... Little faction? Joaquin Wild, that's his name. I couldn't think for a minute. Uh, I think that was his old name I was given, but his name's Joaquin Wild in NXT. Uh, yeah, so we have a faction. We have a, like a, I, I don't know, are they going to wear masks, not going to wear masks? I don't know, man, but it was really, it was done very well. You will really enjoy the way they did this reveal and the, you know, the announcers putting it over in a better way than, you know, AEW's done some of these reveals and not really let it get over the way it should, I guess. Um, but then I want to double back to the Adam Cole Dexter Loomis because the match was good. 
Uh, the whole thing with Loomis through the entire show, there's a thread through the entire show where Roddy is just terrified of this guy now, right? Um, yeah. And they do a really good That's job. Great. Loomis is always there staring at him. <laughs> like, he's even I gotta ask this in the locker room I gotta staring ask this at question. him. I gotta ask this question. Do you think Loomis raped him? I mean, isn't that what you do when you kidnap people? I mean, that's what I do when I kidnap people. I mean, that's what we all do when we kidnap people. Uh, but uh, Loomis is even in the locker room looking at them, and Roddy's the only one that sees it, runs out terrified. Like It's just really good work, really fun, entertaining work without being too cheesy, if that makes sense. Uh, but here's the thing, man. Uh, the match ends. Uh, Cole gets the win with help from Roddy Strong, and then Velveteen Dream comes out to kind of even the odds. Uh, Loomis chases off Roddy, Velveteen and Bobby Fish are kind of going at it, and Adam Cole's in the ring looking around, uh, holds his title up, and all the lights go out except the one lone light over the ring. And then we see on the ramp Scarlet standing there. She slowly walks with her arms behind her back to the ring, staring at Adam Cole. And then she just places a... Uh, Oh, my God, what is it called? The clocks with the sand in it. I can't think of what it's called. The the TikTok. Put the, uh... Mike, I'm losing it here. you got to help me out. The TikTok? An hourglass. Okay, there we go. Hourglass. She put an hourglass in the ring and turned it over so the sand started dripping and just stared at Cole and then walked away, and then Cole just stared at the hourglass, stared at his title, stared at the hourglass, stared at the title. Fan-fucking-tastic, dude. Oh, man. Uh... Wow. Setting it up already, huh? Well, here's the interesting thing. Uh, In the back... While the guy, while the Undisputed Era were discussing what they were doing with Dexter Loomis, Keith Lee and Mia Yim walked by, and Keith Lee, current North American champion, uh, tells Adam Cole, you know, he's been wondering what his next step was, and maybe it was time he took a shot at his title. And, later on through the night, after Finn Balor beat Cameron Grimes, he grabbed the camera, stared at the camera, and said, I've won titles everywhere, I'm ready for a title I've never had, Keith Lee, you're next. Basically, you know what I mean? Like saying he was coming mm-hmm. after Keith Lee. He didn't use, he didn't use Goldberg speak. I'm just saying that myself. Uh, so we have almost a purpose, uh, an on purpose, interesting kind of like worlds colliding with both these titles on NXT with four different superstars. And I love every part of it, man. I mean, that's a lot going on. That's an awful lot going on. A lot being set up to put different things in motion, man. And I, it, it also sets that confusion. And, and I like that confusion in pro wrestling, you know? Yeah, I like when there's multiple challengers for a title. Like, you've got multiple people set up like that. And you don't know where they're going. That's what makes it even more interesting. Yeah, like anybody... Anybody could get a shot at this title. That's what I always like about NXT is, uh, aside from that brief dalliance with Andrade, um, not that I don't think that he wasn't a good champion or whatever. Um, I just think at that particular time, they didn't have a lot of strong title contenders. 
Um, yeah. NXT always has three, four guys that can hold the title without question. Always. And I, yeah, I, I it's I I love when a wrestling program has guys like that that like any one of them can be interchangeable with a belt and you're okay with it. Yeah, no, it's one thing that they definitely seem to seem to have quality stock roster and they seem to have a good way of setting things up. Um, it was a fantastic week and weekend of pro wrestling, Mike. Um, good distractions that we all need in these crazy, crazy times. Is there anything else you want to say to these fine, fine people before we go? Yeah, there is. Um, if you haven't watched Dave Chappelle's new special on YouTube that he just released yesterday, it's called 846. Um, I really recommend watching it. Um, I was made aware of it right about the time I got home from work last night. I got home very late for me. Um, but it's Chappelle, you know, so, um, I took the time to watch it. Um, this was recorded 20 minutes from my house. Uh, no shit, no shit. 20 minutes from my house. This was recorded in the fucking woods. The man set up a stage and distanced everyone out six feet because he had fucking something to say. The title of this is 846. Do you know what 846 is, Mike? Uh, not off the top of my head, but eight, I know you're going to tell eight me. Eight minutes and 46 seconds is how long that fucking police officer had his knee injured. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, it was like, I know I should know. Yeah. All right. Gotcha. So, now knowing that that's the title of this, you can understand what this is probably about, right? Um, this is yeah, not, this so. is not a funny Dave Chappelle segment, like, special. Yeah, you laugh a couple times in it, but it's not funny. Um, part of the reason I'm so uh, down in the dumps today is because this special has me thinking a lot about things that we've talked about on this show and given our voice to, but I'm starting to think that like maybe my voice needs to talk louder. Um, I don't know exactly how I feel but I know watching mm -hmm. that last night has made me feel some type of way about the way the world is right now yep I get it and I haven't even watched it now I want to watch it even more we have so much going on guys in this fucking world right now so much going on in this world right now we're at a point where this country is being divided by hate and race and uh being blind to the issues of other people, man, because you're so focused on your own fucking view of the world, man, your own fucking view of the world. And we all are. We're all guilty of it. Every single one of us. I'm guilty of it. I only, everybody does it at a certain point, man. But right now, man, I'm trying to take those blinders that I might have and I'm trying to widen them. And I know we don't have a lot of people that listen to this show, man, but the ones of you that do, and I know we don't have a lot of people that like, that like listen to all of our show. I know that we get people that stop in for uh, minutes here and there and sections and segments. And maybe I should have said this earlier, right? But like, 
There's a lot going on in the fucking world today, man. And, and to anybody that, that watches the show, I'm not asking you to go out and protest or riot. I'm not asking you to fucking get on Facebook and post. I'm not asking you to do anything, man. But open your blinders to, to, to someone else's point of view. Try to see it. I'm talking to, I don't care if you're fucking black, white, Asian, fucking Hispanic. Everybody on all sides of this has a viewpoint, and I'm asking everyone to open your eyes a little bit to other people's viewpoints, because there are motherfuckers that are out there. Imagine how fucking terrified, like, this is okay. So I know I complain about my fucking employees a lot, right? Last night, we had to work 25 <laughs> minutes over, 25 minutes over, man, and it wasn't even hard work, wasn't even hard work, and they threw a fucking fit, and half of them left, right? Half of them left. Over 25 minutes, man. 25 minutes. Yeah, a man. Um, 25 minutes. And they knew at the end of 25 minutes, I'm going to get to go home. 25 minutes. There was a man who had a knee on his fucking neck for 8 minutes and 46 seconds. And for 8 minutes and 46 seconds, this man knew he was going to fucking die. He knew he was going to die. You don't call out for help like that. You don't tell people you're going to die. You don't call for your fucking mother. That man knew he was going to fucking die. For 8 minutes and 46 seconds. He was going to fucking die and he knew it. Can you imagine the fucking terror that that man felt? So I'm asking everyone, open your fucking eyes to what's going on in this world, man. You want to complain? Like, I'm going to go to work here. Like, we're going to get off the phone, and I'm going to go to work. And at my startup meeting, I'm going to say this exact same thing. I'm going to say, y'all that left last night, you fucking disgust me because for 25 minutes, you couldn't deal with shit. Meanwhile, man's out here getting murdered, and he knew he was going to die. For nine minutes, he knew he was going to fucking die, and you're out here complaining about 25 minutes on a fucking Thursday night. Yep. And that's each and every person out in this world. Think about what you're fucking complaining about. And all this stupid shit, oh, they're making us take down the rebel flag at NASCAR events. Yeah, man, because a man Good. just knew he was going to die for nine time. fucking minutes. For yeah, nine fucking minutes, a man knew he was going to die. And I get it. It's a symbol of rebellion. But you know what it also is? It's also a symbol of fucking hate. I love wearing camo yep. print. I love it, man. I love it. I wear camo shorts. I got camo shorts on right now. I got camo shirts. I got camo fucking flags hanging up places. But you know what, man? If someone was like, hey, uh, it turns out that camo means you fucking hate Hispanics, I'd be like, oh shit. Guess I better fucking stop wearing camo. Sucks because camo print was my shit. But oh well, man, and that's all you're fucking bitching about? Because you like to wear a fucking print and fly a flag? Oh man, it's a symbol of rebellion. It's a symbol of fucking hate. Nine fucking minutes a man knew he was gonna die. Nine fucking minutes a man knew he was gonna die and cried out for his fucking mother. And you're mad you can't fly a flag. You're mad that you can't fucking call people faggots anymore and say the N-word. And you're mad about this, and a man fucking died. Fucking shame on you. Every single one of you. And if you fucking have a problem with this, I'm not even telling you fucking unsubscribe from us. I'm telling you, go out there and fucking jump off a fucking cliff. Come to my house, I'll put my knee on your fucking <laughs> neck for 8 minutes and 46 fucking seconds. And we can see how shitty your fucking life is then. 
And that's all I have to say today. You guys are beautiful. We love you. Have a fucking great week. <laughs> I have to laugh at the end because what you said is so serious. Uh, yeah, I have some personal thoughts on this. Uh, just because of personal friends, I, I can't follow what I had with that, with what you just did. So maybe next week, maybe it's something we should discuss a little more Mike I don't know but I'll do what I always do and I'll say it's been real it's been fun we will catch you next time and I'll also add you know what just be nice to each other just be nice to each other guys we will see you next week new episodes of drive by drop every Saturday on iTunes Spotify and the iHeartRadio app subscribe and make sure you never miss a single one and keep the conversation going on Facebook at Drive By Pod. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. This has been a presentation of the Near Fall Network.